Well, it is good to be here this morning. It is a little chilly outside. I'm glad everyone braved the cold and came in. It's beginning to feel a little bit like Christmas. Isn't that grand? I like it. It beats the fog and the rain. I, um, I was thinking about this sermon series, and you know, we've been walking our, our way through these unwrapping the different gifts of Advent, and we've talked about um, hope and peace and joy and, and how we have um, opened these gifts up through the course of Advent. And, and these gifts really don't mean a whole lot without God's gift of love, and that's what we're talking about today. Now, we've had this reading um, from Isaiah in chapter 7. This is a powerful reading, and it's where we get some of our um, prophecies of Jesus. As we look at Isaiah, and we have these words, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Look, the woman is with child and shall bear a son, and shall name him Emmanuel. God with us. That's what we celebrate at Christmas. In chapter 7 of Isaiah, Israel and Aram, these two kingdoms, the northern kingdom of Israel and this other nation, Aram, have decided to plot to um, rise up against the nation of Assyria. And they've invited the kingdom of Judah to join them in this venture. And the kingdom of Judah has said, We're not, we don't want any part of it. We don't like the way this sounds. Look, this is not the right time. We don't, we're backing out. We don't, we don't want any part of this deal. And so the kingdom of Aram and the kingdom of Israel decide to go against Judah instead. If you're not going to be with us, then you're against us and we will attack. And so now the king, the king of Judah is looking at his surroundings and he's looking at his two neighbors as they press in on him. And he doesn't know what's going to happen. And that's when the prophet Isaiah shows up and says, ask the Lord for a sign. And the king of Judah says, I'm not going to test God. I'm not doing that. And Isaiah says, well, the God, well God's going to give you a sign. And the young woman will give birth to a child. That child's name will be Emmanuel, God with us. And that child will eat curds and honey before that child knows right from wrong. That's when all of this will be cleared up. When these nations who have rised against will be erased. They will no longer be a threat. You will be at peace. Because God's hope, God's future is with you. And because God's hope is with you, God's peace is with you. And because God's peace is with you, you will be able to to live life in a sense of joy. That's what all that means. That's why this reading is really so important today. Because we, as God's people, this community of faith, live with a sense of hope. And we live with a sense of peace that we are in a relationship with God that gives us this peace. And we live with a sense of joy, an underlying joy. And all of that is possible because God loves us. That's the critical piece. 
And so today we look under the tree and we look for presents. And I wish we had some presents <laughs> under the tree. You know, when I was growing up, we, we, but my parents would put presents all under the tree. And I, would, I don't know if you were like this. But growing up, I wanted to know what was in each one of those gifts. And I, but I also wanted to be surprised on Christmas morning. It's that whole, have my cake and eat it too. Well, I, I couldn't peel back the wrapper and, and be surprised too. So I usually would just shake the packages and feel them and see how heavy they were and all this kind of thing and, and just kind of get a feel for what, without, without peeling back the layers. Well, this grew into a game. This game in our family is the guessing game. On Christmas morning, we would guess, what is, what is your gift? What is it before you open it? Tell us what it is. Take a wild guess. And we would have to guess on what this... Now, there's three of us in the family. It's not like a huge family. There's three of us sitting around the living room. And we're looking at each other. And my dad was the worst. I mean, I say that he was the best. We could never fool him. We would, we, would, we would take boxes and we would put boxes inside of boxes and we would put stuff that would rattle around and we would double wrap it and double paper it and, and just do everything we could. And he could always guess what it was. We never could fool the man. So my mother had a grand scheme one year and I was very young. Very, very young. So I don't know how long this tradition was going. It's the tradition I remember growing up. But when I was about three or four years old, we were driving down the road, and I was like every, any three or four-year-old in that time. I was in the back seat, leaning over to the front seat, talking to my parents, standing on the seat or standing on the floorboard, because there were no toddler seats. This was your safety back then. So I'm, I'm talking to my dad, and he's driving, and my mom's sitting in the passenger seat, and and, and I knew where my dad's gift was. It was a simple little gift. And he would never, ever guess what this gift was because he had yet to see it. It was in the glove compartment of the car. We're driving down the road, and I'm, I'm chatting him up. I'm saying, Dad, I, you can't look in the glove compartment. <laughs> and he's like, why not? Because your gift's in there. It's a surprise. And my mom's eyes are getting big, and she's looking at me. And I'm like, I'm not going to say, I'm not going to tell, I'm not going to tell. She goes, you better not tell him what his gift is. I said, I'm not, I'm not going to tell him. So we're riding along, my dad's got a little smirk on his face. And he says, um, you want to give me a hint? I'm like, can I, I, I can give you a hint, I'll give you a hint. My mom's looking at me, I'm not going to tell him, I'm not going to tell him what it is. My dad's looking at me, well, what's a hint? And I go, you go like this, and it lights cigarettes. <laughs> My mom was beside herself. I'm like, I didn't tell. I didn't tell. Simple little gift. Well, he, knew that, he knew what that one was automatically. But this goes on and on in our life. In, 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 our, in, our, in the Boykin tradition, we, we do that. We, we want to we put these gifts under the tree, and we want to... We want to have it sit there and, and people kind of, we just look at it and go, I wonder, what, I wonder what that is. My dad's going, well, that's this and that's that and this is the other thing. And, and, and I, just, I just want to be teased by it. And then on Christmas morning, I get to open it up 
and see what it is and be surprised by it. There's a lot of that going on in our Advent season, in this sermon series. And we, t- we think about where all of this season is about preparing for the coming of the Christ. This magnificent, amazing gift God has for us. And we're waiting for that to be under the tree. But the truth is, it's been there all along. This gift has been, has been we've been giving glimpses of this gift all through human history. We can go back to the beginning of time and know that that the Word was with God and the Word was God when God created everything. The Word was there. And, And now the Word has been made flesh and this present has been wrapped in human form. This this wonderful, powerful gift of love that that makes sense of hope and makes sense of of peace and makes sense of joy and gives it all meaning. And it brings us all together as a community. It's It's been there all along. The prophets have talked about it. The prophets have looked forward to it. John the Baptist, when he comes, talks of it and has seen glimpses of it and is so happy for it. And then he sees the Lamb of God. And he knows just how worthy that gift is. In the 13th chapter of John, Jesus has gathered with his disciples, and this is the last night of his earthly ministry. It's the night he would be arrested, and he's having this dinner with them. And then John, this dinner is the night before Passover. It's the, it's the, the day of preparation. And they're having just a, just a dinner together and they're just talking. They're having a good time together. And then Jesus, if we remember the story, he, he rises from the table and he, he ties a towel around his waist and he takes the, a basin of water and he begins to wash the disciples' feet. And he tells them that this is what love looks like. And they don't really understand it yet. The day will come when they will. And Peter's, like so many of us, rises up and says, You're not going to wash my feet. Not, you're my teacher. You're my Lord. You're not, I, I'm, I'm not worthy. And Jesus tells him, if I, don't, if I don't do this, Peter, you have no share with me. Our relationship is not complete. And then Peter, Peter, well, just wash all of me then. And Jesus says, you're not, you're not unclean. This is a ritual cleansing. But not all of you are clean. And he knows that Judas is in that group. Judas is in that room. Judas has broken bread with him. And Judas is about to betray him. And we pick up in chapter 13 and verse 31, and we read where Judas leaves the room. When he had gone out, Jesus said, Now the Son of Man has been glorified, and God has been glorified in him. If God has been glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself, and will glorify him at once. 
Little children, I am with you only a little longer. You will look for me, and as I said to the Jews, so now I say to you, where I am going, you cannot come. I give you a new commandment that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also should love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. May God bless the reading of the word. This is a powerful episode as John sets up this farewell discourse with his disciples. We find Jesus now with the believers, those who will follow him to the end. Judas has excused himself. He's left the room. He's left the building. And now it's Jesus and the faithful, those who believe that they are faithful in following Jesus, those who believe they will follow him to the bitter end. And Jesus knows even they, even they, like Peter, will not follow to the bitter end. But Jesus will go to the bitter end because that's what God's love does for us. This chapter opens up with this powerful image that, that Jesus has loved those, those that are his, his, his community, his followers, his believers, his students, his friends, and he has loved them to the end or to the utmost. That love, that love to the utmost, that love to the end is what they can't fully understand until they see the end, until that package has been unwrapped and been exposed. And they see in full daylight just how powerful, just how amazing this love is. And when they get a picture of that, when they see Jesus in his full glory upon his resurrection they can be both surprised and also have an unwrapped present that's the beauty of this gift of love we have been given this gift from the very beginning it has been in our life before we ever knew it before we ever knew there was a God, before we ever knew there was God's love, God's love was on us, in us, through us, around us, drawing us to God. That we might see God's future and have hope. That we might experience God's relationship and have peace. That we might find the root of happiness and have joy in God. Because God's love has always been with us, always drawing us towards God's self. So how do we unwrap this gift? What is the trick to unwrapping a gift that we know what's inside and yet still surprises us? And maybe wrapping this gift, this this gift of love is not about understanding. It's not about theological correctness or being morally right. 
Maybe it's about choosing to love, choosing to respond to God's love for us. Maybe it's as simple as just reaching out in love to those who are around us. Those who are very lovable and those who are not so lovable. Those who are near and dear to us and those who are very far away. Maybe it's those who sit beside us here in this room and those who stand against us out there in the world. Maybe it's those whom we pray for and those whom we need to pray for. Maybe it's those we consider friends and those we consider unfriendly. Maybe it's those who look like us and those who are quite different from us. And maybe it's those who are just different. And maybe it's those who are just like us. But the promise of this gift, the gift that we unwrap and still find surprising, is that when we return love and we offer love, we receive love from God, from this community. Because it is, it is the love of God that draws us together, binds us together, and leads us forward into the world, through the world, and through this life. I, am, I invite us as we make our way through Advent to just choose love. And not just choose love, but choose to love. Because we can only do that. We can only choose to love when we have chosen Christ. That's the gift of love. That's this unwrapping the, the, the gifts of Advent and it's an amazing thing on Advent, on this, the fourth Sunday of Advent. We find ourselves, at least Kristen and Alicia and I in the choir, wrapped around this chancel with prayer shawls and blankets. These are tangible pieces of material that have been prayed over, that have been prayed in every knot that those who will receive these blankets and shawls will feel God's love and this community's love. This is but another way to love. On Thursday, the Joseph Project showed another way to love. All kinds of people gathered together to offer Evidence of God's love. Because when we choose to love each other, we're pointing not to ourselves, but we're pointing to God and God's love for the world. The love of God who sent His only Son that all of us, the entire world, all of humanity may not perish, but have everlasting life, full life, a life that is 
filled with hope and peace and joy and love. And for that, I give thanks. And for that, I'm going to do my level best. And I invite us all to do our level best to keep unwrapping this gift of love, to keep choosing to love those around us and keep choosing to respond to God's love for each and every one of us. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.